0: It's been raining here outside my house for the last three weeks now and I haven't stepped out. Well, if you're listening to my voice, that is me, Shivam Srivastava, host of the Creators Journal podcast, then try and sense the irony in my voice when I say that it's not like I have somewhere to be. Thanks to this virus, of course, that does not seem to care for the heat or the rains. But still, that option of stepping out would have been nice uh, no matter how much it is raining outside. Anyways, long story short, we are all spending a ton of time inside our houses, more than we ever imagined. Spaces that meant something to us for the longest time mean something else now. I have a spot that's beside my balcony overlooking this tree outside and it is my work spot currently but used to be my chill spot earlier but now I move around and sometimes interchange the two. I mean, It's been crazy. What space is work? What space is leisure? The lines are blurry. But have you noticed that our perception of space, something that's inanimate, changes our mood and the thoughts or stories we have in our heads? Creators Journal podcast is all about new age storytellers. It is all but obvious that we look at creativity in a very different way, not through the lens of mediums, but of purpose. And that purpose is very simple, to tell a good story. Interior designing, the field of art that deals with what I just spoke about, also uses basic components associated with any storytelling form, which is context, plot, and structure. Given how interior spaces will play a significant role in the years that follow this pandemic, every setting in films, novels, and videos will be shaped by them, and of course, our lives. And in this episode, you will know more about how this will play out and maybe how you can understand your audiences and their experiences better. I have with me Sanya Kantawala, the new kid on the block when it comes to interior designing who's trying to shake things around. Like, literally, one of our designs included putting inverted columns in a showroom. She's the founder of interior design firm Sanya Kantawala Design, SKD. Roughly just over five years in existence, and in that span of time, Sanya has worked on 45 projects, which includes both hospitality and residential projects. She won the Editor's Choice Award for being the game changer when it comes to interior designing at the Good Home Awards in 2019. Hey Sanya, what's up? Welcome to the Creator's Journal podcast.
1: Hi Shivam, thank you for having me on board.
0: On a scale of 1 to 10, and specifically between 9 and 10, how done are you with the rains?
1: So I um, enjoy the rains, actually. So I think it for me, it's been wonderful. And um, it usually used to be a bit of a strain when we used to go to sites. Um, I would have to date this back to last year when we would go to sites in the rains and how muddy and mucky it used to be. But now since um, things have slowed down a bit, it's nice to be inside and uh, work on our creatives while we have the rains outside. It, I mean, they do say the most creative journey uh, takes place during the rain. So I'm loving that right now.
0: But like for me, uh, I am like I can do like with three weeks of rain. Yes, I put a figure on that three weeks. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and beyond that, if I don't get sunlight, I'm like it, it can get a bit gloomy. But you're OK with yeah, that? I know you...
1: get... I, I don't like dull weather, but um, I don't mind it
0: what were you doing when uh, when 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 the lockdown mm-hmm. went into place like what what were the emotions running through your head when you know this happened
1: so before the lockdown happened um, my team and i had decided to start remote working i would say a week before the lockdown we realized what was happening around and we had to take immediate measures because we did not want to put anyone at risk so Uh, I did inform my team members to work from home. I started working out of my homes. Unfortunately, the laborers were still working on site, but the moment the lockdown happened, even that stopped. We realized that since work has stopped in terms of execution, we need to start thinking more creatively. We need to start uh, lodging on and looking into the areas which we have not paid attention.
0: So, if you could, you know, maybe give me an example of what are some of those things that you're talking about. That
1: So, during this course of time, we were looking into our design spaces, which we had, um, I would say, 60% completed. A lot of it, we redesigned it again. So instead, a, a bathroom that was already ready. If I didn't like something, uh, with knowing that a client wouldn't mind at this stage because it's on a lockdown, we gave them the option of you know making it even better. Because why waste that time? Why not give something even better to our clients? So we started adding so much more, or started subtracting a lot of things from the spaces that we didn't need, and uh, we. Got into all of this only because we started having more time on our hands. Otherwise, you know, they say it's the hustle. The hustle is real. Well, yes, the hustle is real. But I think it's also important to step back and, you know, slow down and really think into our processes that we are executing every single day. So we started even restructuring, um, you know, what our team should be like. We started updating our website. We got into so many details that we wouldn't have done immediately had it not been for, I mean, it's, it's, it's unfortunate, but somehow we wanted to, put in all our efforts into building a more positive and a better environment for our team and for our clients
0: but so sanya you know at creators journal uh, podcast one of the themes that we are trying to you know kind of uh, explore is that all of us collectively at some level have gone through some kind of uh, either it's a frustration or or even a trauma oh, or, or, you know, some people.
1: Absolutely. So nothing was fairy and starry all the time. Um, when, we, in fact, because we are a design firm that has concentrated so much on hospitality, hospitality was one of the industries that got the biggest backlash right now. And um, because of that, a lot of the projects, went on hold and not just for us but for a lot of hospitality designers not just designers hospitality Mm. industry on a whole form you know it's like a domino effect when one is affected everyone is affected so we were so excited about a couple of projects that we were going to start in a month's time But uh, the pandemic took place and forget starting it now or starting it all over or resuming back. I don't think those projects are even going to happen. Not anytime soon, at least. Not at least for a year because everything that we were excited about was all to do with The number of people coming to dine, and now when there is nobody who's going to come to a restaurant to dine, why is someone going to launch a restaurant during a time of pandemic? So, accordingly, everyone got affected from the staff to the design team to the laborers working on the projects to the clients themselves. So, yes, it has been challenging, but at the same time, I don't know, I think we got a bit fortunate to get. I mean, to speed up our residential projects. So if hospitality took a backseat, we started front running our residential projects and started giving those a lot more importance.
0: Yeah. So could you talk to me a little bit more about the science or the art of interior designing?
1: So... Interior design and architecture is one profession where people have always had their doubts on. A client can always, you know, tell an interior designer. And in fact, it has happened where people love, uh, you know, guiding interior designers instead of interior designers guiding them. It's good to get a narrative from a client because it's a starting point to any project that is approached. So it's an entire ecosystem that is being created for someone living in that space. So, it's equally important to give the person who's creating that space that creative freedom. And if you do that, and if the narrative and brief given is strong, you're going to get at the end of the day what you want. And that's what interior design is about. It's not just about beautiful pages in a magazine. No, it's about an actual ecosystem that is being created for someone who's going to be breathing in that ecosystem. It affects the way we live. It affects the way we eat, the way we breathe, and the way we work. It's about functionality. We are designing human-centric spaces. So it all starts when the client starts speaking to us, not just about what they want, but what their personality is like. But what happens is that they talk to us about their likes, their dislikes, their personalities, and we get to understand them as human beings. So it becomes easier. The science of the design comes play comes into play from that aspect. From that aspect, we start to basically design for them because we start to understand what they are like as people, what their sleeping habits are, what their eating habits are, what is the most favorite space in a home. And once we have understood the psychology of that client, we then get to really spend time on a particular space which could be their favorite space because sometimes we're not even designing for one person. We're designing for joint families of like 15 people because at the end of the day, this is India. So the science behind designing all of this is first understanding the psychology of our client and once we crack that then do we get into basics of the airflow the indirect lighting the plumbing the uh, from where the sunlight is coming in north south east west zones all of that comes into play after understanding the client
0: so the way i look at it is one you're designing or residential projects uh and that does not mean you're designing just for a nuclear family in india there's a you know we we just still do have the concept of you know big mm-hmm. uh, joint families mm-hmm. uh, and also you do a lot of hospitality work as well so you uh so what right. i'm getting at is that there are two points over here one is to understand the client's brief uh, and, 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 you know, because taste, uh, emotions is so subjective, right? And it's such a hard job to take that into, and when you're translating for a lot of people, right, for example, you're working at a, you're working, you're, you know, working on a project that may be a restaurant, right? So what you're dealing with is a large set of people, but the values don't change. The values that you want to convey, they don't change. So how do you create that for s- such a large audience
1: okay so for in terms of hospitality we uh, first take the narrative from a client and first understand what the restaurant is about is it an indian restaurant are they what kind of indian food are they serving so which what what is the cuisine if it's not indian what is it is it global is it also a bar cum restaurant or is it just a restaurant because today every restaurant turns into a bar in the night right okay so it's a bar now that it's a bar, what does the bar have to tell the audience? Is it a bar that's open? Is it a bar that's going to be a bar that they come to after visiting a bar? Or is it a bar that's going to be the first bar they need to hop into? There's so many questions because hospitality feel has diversified in so many ways. So the most important thing to understand before designing any sort of a restaurant or an f outlet is what they are trying to sell. So once we understand that, everything flows through. So for example, if it is an Indian restaurant serving Punjabi food, it's very clear that they are sticking as an Indian restaurant, they're serving Punjabi food. There is no bar, but they want to add a lassi bar. So the client explains all of that to us. That becomes the narrative. Along with them, he, he will also have his own taste that he would want to extend in his space. So he would say, you know what, Sanya, these are my favorite colors. And, you know, Punjab is also all about this. So can we infuse that? Because it's also a part of my logo. So that's also a part of our brief. Then he may say, I have a requirement of, you know, 120 people but I have only a 900 square feet space which is a very tight space to have 120 people but that is a part of the brief. Now we've taken all of this into consideration, we put it all together, we jot it down as points and we realize that this is our brief. Now taking this as our first step we then move into our second step is translating that brief on paper. And then once we translate that brief on paper, then do we have an understanding that, okay, this is possible. Maybe this is not possible. This is what we can give our client and this is what we cannot give our client. Of course, we try and give as much as we can. But um, at the end of the day, everything that we taken from the client and translate it and feed it onto our paper is um eventually going to be the reality of the entire brief
0: do you guys like construct a story uh, so once you have all the elements on your page do you like uh,
1: every time stories are so every project is a story so once we have everything that they have told us as a brief we then make a concept so, it all starts with that concept after the brief. So, when we have those concept boards ready, then we translate those concept boards into our drawings, into just having elements around the space and feeding and you know pasting all of that into the actual site and physical space as itself since we are on the topic of a Punjabi restaurant um, I would say last um, you know mid of last year we got approached by our client um, Mr. Pankaj Gupta and uh, he wanted us to design a restaurant for him in Kamla Mills um, called Oikake the, uh, the restaurant already exists existed but uh, he was, you know, moving the site to another location in Kamlamils and he approached us for it and he gave us a brief where uh, it was literally this, that he has six brand colors because his graphic designer has designed the logo with six colors. And since Punjab is such a colorful state, uh, he wanted to infuse in those colors throughout the space. Now, when I heard that, it was a little difficult for me. Me to digest it because having six bright colors of Punjab which you know has red, yellow, um, blue, it has green, it has purple, having all of that throughout a space could possibly be a little overwhelming for a customer because it was 900 square feet and we had like 110 seaters. So you know we you know we went back to our drawing board and we were like okay this is the brief this is what the client wants he also wants to add a kulfi counter and a lassi counter so it was never supposed to be a bar so instead of having an alcohol bar of alcohol bar we had a lassi and a kulfi bar which became really interesting to you know really um, get into the details of it understanding it from the chef and then putting into uh, putting it all into paper so when we sat on our drawing board i started thinking about how to really incorporate these six colors and still not make the space extremely vibrant and colorful and just mixed up with too many colors. So I started doing a little research on Punjab of what Punjab was back in the day. So I saw that Punjab was all about mud houses And I thought that why hasn't anyone incorporated something like this into an FNB space? So I started, you know, sketching a few details, started experimenting with swatches and samples of different mud colors and decided that why not mute up the entire space with the lightest shade of mud, mud color, and then maybe have all these six colors that the client wants, only as an art installation, but have the installation completely spread out through the space so that the client is also happy, we are also happy, and the space also looks lovely. So we started, um, I again started scribbling certain things on paper and I decide and I realized that a Punjabi, um, and a married Punjabi woman's biggest ornament is chura, And to simplify chura. We decided to... Chura
0: is a bangle, right?
1: It's a sort of a bangle. It's a little more... uh, It has a little more jazz into it. But we simplified and just um, made it a bangle. And I decided to have an entire... We decided to have an entire art and light installation on the ceiling so uh, we wanted that to be the highlight of the space as well and it is the biggest light installation i believe in bombay because it's 4000 square feet in a 900 square feet space because we made four layers and it consists of 36000 bangles so we got in touch
0: wait wait, wait. how much is that again 36000 36, so 000 i'm just, i'm just trying to imagine this so i'm i'm entering this restaurant and, and just above me are these yeah, it's
1: 000. completely muted. So the entire space is so simple because we played with only organic material. We played with oak wood. We've played with you know earthy flooring. We've played with extremely light mud-colored walls, and we have that. And then just above that, when you walk in, you have an array of colors like rainbow, because that's where the entire art installation is.
0: What is that one emotion mm-hmm. that you are looking to convey when? And that person enters the restaurant
1: we just wanted someone to come in and just drop their jaw that was the whole intention after we came up with this idea before we came up the, with the idea of having this entire installation i wanted that the, we wanted that the customers come in and have a good time have a good meal because it's a family restaurant um, have a nice setting not too overwhelming for them but then the moment we sketched this on paper i was like nope let the customer come in let them drop their jaws and then let them dine in this restaurant but at the same time i still didn't want it to be overwhelming for them so that's why the entire restaurant has a new shape throughout so that nothing is overwhelming for them when they sit they'll just sit eat and possibly take pictures of the light installation
0: again on that point right uh you have to make them... Uh, I, I, to I think eight, 8 out of 10 people click pictures of their food before they eat. I mean, I, I know I do. It is our, what it
1: is. Yeah, I agree. Um, our food, space, everything.
0: Without obviously taking names. But what are some of those weirdest client briefs that you've got?
1: I don't know about the weirdest. But we've had clients actually come and told us in the past that you know what, design a house, uh, you know, design, I'll give you my house to design or I'll give you this space to design. You design it, I won't pay you, but I will get you a lot of leads and you'll get a lot of clients through that. And I always used to find that so amusing because why would someone do that you know we may be young designers but that does not mean we don't need to be paid today no one tells that to us but there has been time when we've been told that a number of times (laughs) that you know we won't pay you but we'll give you many leads and those are the clients I never worked for so I used to pack up my bag and
0: walk I mean what did you tell them I mean like such a for me it's
1: respectfully declined it because people do that even today you know especially to young people you know if there are young people that those young designers might be better than the best designers out there but they get told that you do it for us we will not pay you but we will definitely recommend you to our friends and our colleagues what is the assurance over there that we're gonna get those projects there's no pro there's no assurance at all but the fact that someone can say something like that to us is like that to like that to us or any designer forget designer just any young artist over there something like this still boggles my mind
0: yeah and now that you know we've been working under this lockdown for more than it's going to be close to six months now so we've all adapted in our own ways and you know you've spoken about how your team has adapted but uh does it get lonely uh you know at times when you're when you're and you are an entrepreneur as well so which is plus one you know uh because uh, because being an entrepreneur is also extremely oh it's uh, hard work and lonely. discipline all the way through yeah it's in, it's just an extremely uh, lonely process, and stuff, and and you do often find yourself, uh, you know, being isolated. Okay,
1: so pre pandemic, we used to meet our teams a lot, our team a lot more, and you know, at least three to four times in a week, I would see their faces. And not just take um, decisions by myself, but also take in their opinions because it's very important because at the end of the day, SKD is not one person, entire team. And when I say team, it's not even just the designers, it's the contractors, the laborers, every person who's collaborating on every space. So um, it used to, so taking the opinions also used to make me feel like, okay, you know what? that matters. Maybe I'm not doing something right. And taking that into consideration, I would take a decision. Now, post-pandemic, I don't see them every day, but we can virtually talk. But what happens in the process is that there are a lot of times when I am left with thinking like, this is the decision that, um, you know, I may have to take by myself. And that, I wouldn't call that lonely. It's just something that every entrepreneur has to make.
0: You know what, Sanya? That's a very, very sorted answer. So if I was just marking to you,
1: politically correct. <laughs> if I was just marking
0: you, I would just give you 11 on 10. But uh, which, but it makes me wonder. Like, have you always, you know, wanted to uh, become an entrepreneur? Tell us a little bit about. Uh, yes. You know, uh, I'm. I'm just trying to avoid okay. cliched uh, terminologies and all. But what no, no. sparked Journey. this? yeah what sparked this journey what was that inspirational moment uh, and the decision to you know just set up your own you know design firm was it was it easy because like hindsight is very convenient because we look at you know these moments and we said oh of course right but uh, at the time did you have any like for example uh there uh, is this uh syndrome called the imposter Syndrome that, uh, yeah, imposter syndrome.
1: I'm aware of, yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, and and you know, uh, and you know, the worst thing for a writer or any creator is a blank page or a blank screen or you know, whatever. And at that point, before you even get started or you're just starting out, you're always doubting yourself, right? Oh, am am I going to be able to do this or am I the right person to do this, right? Or did I get lucky, or you know n number of things that can you know come your way did you ever have to uh kind of uh, did you have these thoughts in your hand when you were becoming an entrepreneur yes
1: i did definitely but you know what uh, shivam um I don't know. I since I was a child, um, I always used to think I'm confident, so I I didn't doubt myself. Honestly, I haven't doubted myself. But what came across my mind many times is, what do I? What have I done to deserve all of this? So yes, I do feel fortunate every single day. I do feel lucky every single day. I ask myself every single day that how, why am I so lucky? Because there are people who are way better than things that I do. And um, so how am I still getting all of these opportunities? That happens to me. Um, and I don't mean to brag about it, but I question whatever I get every single day. So for me, it's a little different than what it would be for someone else. As I said, if I have nothing, the only thing I have is confidence.
0: And that's, that's great. And um, Sunny, maybe you need to give a little bit of your confidence to me. The next time I get started on a project, I'm just going to call you and say, please inspire me.
1: No. Need the right positive attitude. It will all happen.
0: Really.
1: Manifest it okay. positively. I, I,
0: I'm <laughs> going to get a mug shot. I'm going to get a mug <laughs> shot. With that quote. But, uh, and also uh, one of the reasons why, uh, you know, what some of the stuff that you're doing is also very exciting is because you're also creating these uh, spaces for a very young audience right uh, the, and uh, and especially now uh, with so many people uh, you know working from home and 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 you know companies have permanently sent people you know to work from home some companies you know till 2021 2022 they're gonna it's gonna really alter the way we look at things right
1: spaces of tomorrow i see are going to be um, a lot about what we need rather than what we want um, in fact, I see it happening even now, where there are houses that are. Uh, I'm not saying this for everyone. A lot about minimalism that is coming up right now, and uh, I also feel that that uh, there's a lot about module living that we are researching and studying today, which is basically you have. Um, I would say a hundred square feet space. Maybe 150, 200 and that 200 square feet space has everything you need from a kitchen to a bed to your living space to bathroom, everything. But everything is so foldable and openable that um, we realize that we sometimes don't need the kind of space that we want. And um, at the same time, I also see a huge drastic um, opposition where the rich people are going to want to live even more fancier. They're going to want even more technology in their spaces, have things so much more digitalized in their homes, have everything and everything best that is possible out there in the market. So um, I'm going to actually see two very distinct kind of homes. One is a module format home and another one is just larger than life. It's just going to keep building up from here according to me. It's going to keep reiterating itself. So basically utility, the people who so, people who really value minimalism and want to live a simple life are possibly going to get into the module concept. And the ones who want to have a larger than the life um, living, they are going to want the best um, that there is in the market. So, yes, I see both these formats happening simultaneously. And it's going to keep increasing here on out. In fact, since we're on this topic, I think now. Um, people are going to even want homes with balconies. I see that happening for sure, because people have realized, okay, we're stuck in our homes, we need sunlight. We need some form of an outdoor experience. So I feel that governments are going to start, um, you know, allowing balcony FSI given to the newer buildings because it's so important. And, you know, just having the luxury of a balcony, can give us that um, that light in the day that we need, and can change our mood. So I also feel the future. There's in the future, I'm, there's going also going to be a lot of outdoor space within your indoor space. It's important, and I think if um, if it's not on the agenda, people should put it on the agenda.
0: I was just about to ask you if that future includes Mumbai, because in Mumbai to get a apartment,
1: what? yes, yes, it does. It does. That's balcony is yeah.
0: so rare it is so rare. I mean and also as we are on the topic of that of this lockdown and you know there are things that you know uh, we are doing that we probably would not do if the lockdown was not in place right and I've done you know I've finished Mm -hmm. my first draft after procrastinating for a year I've just finished it this lockdown has enabled me to do that Uh, is there something that Mm-hmm. you kind of have done in this lockdown that maybe you wouldn't get the chance to maybe do earlier?
1: Yes, I have actually. And um, it's my, I think it's one, it has been, um, it's a pet passion project of mine. And um, I'm glad uh, we were able to complete it. Ever since I was a child, I loved books. And I lived, um, you know, I love flipping pages of books, I loved reading it, I would anything to do with a book and it would spark up my eyes. So, you know, as designers, the best way to archive our work is for me through a book. So uh, I sat down on the table one day and this was always my um, dream to one day have a book made, be a coffee table book, fiction, whatever. And since this pandemic took place, I had some extra time on my hands. So morning used to be my time of writing. So to um, launch our first book, which is a book about hospitality of the restaurants that we have designed. And we handpicked 10 of our favorite restaurants that we have designed, and we archived it in this book and it's authored by me. And um, it's been such a fun process because we, uh, with a really good book designer, with a publisher, and the book's not just about design. It's also about one of my other favorite things, which is food. So our clients were really uh, sweet to lend us their three signature recipes of their restaurant. Um, And it, it, it is either a recipe or a cocktail or a mocktail. And even those three signature recipes are in this book so it's a book about food and design and so it's yeah. called Eat, i mean Eat it sounds food.
0: very interesting and uh you know sanya when eventually the book uh comes out and now that we are you know thinking about when will we be able to you know go out and you know maybe go to a restaurant go to a pub and you know experience that whole sense of community when you were you know writing this book when you came up with this book how did you kind of uh, you know uh, look at uh, you know look at this whole scenario i mean uh...
1: it's a good question because i when i thought of the idea of you know you know actually putting my mind into the book finally um i first never thought of having food as a part of it i thought of just having our, our work and archiving it in the best way possible through a book but then i realized wait we're sitting in a pandemic and we can't go to restaurants, but the restaurants can come to us. So um, that's why we reached out to our clients and we took in these recipes. So it would be so much fun for someone to actually, um, you know, work on these recipes at the, in their homes.
0: So when we are talking about cooking, uh, quintessential question, uh, mm-hmm. did you bake a banana bread during the... <laughs> now, be honest, I
1: did <laughs> I didn't. I was one of those people who didn't give in to it. Nor did I make a Dolgano coffee.
0: <laughs> Sanya, I don't know what to say.
1: But what I did was I baked cookies eventually. <laughs> so,
0: so, so somehow we got to you. We got to you.
1: <laughs> yeah. So in some way, yes. I gave in to it.
0: Yeah. And just finally, Sanya, what are some of those things that you're looking forward to as as maybe a creator, as a person...
1: Honestly, I'm excited to even travel. So I'm excited to get this mask off eventually and walk into the streets, breathing the air without a mask over my face. Do you Do you
0: miss the yeah. Mumbai? You know that uh, you know people have this. Uh, <laughs> Mumbai has got a smell. I miss the
1: local trains. I have to be honest. I really miss the local trains, though I know I'm not going to travel in one for a very long time till situation doesn't completely settle. But I miss the local trains because as an interior designer, till the pre-pandemic, local trains was my biggest commute. I never liked traveling by cars. That's one thing in Bombay I really despise. So no matter, no matter where I would go for work I would travel by a local train so for me not having a local train to commute is a big problem because I can't handle this bombay traffic and I get I get a headache in cars for some reason so, Local train was my best friend, and because our projects are so scattered like, if one is in Goregaon, the other one would be, say, Navi Mumbai, third one would be in Kaff Parade. If I'm gonna travel by car, I'm I'm never going to reach anywhere on time. So, um, I'm really looking forward to local train
0: starting again. You know, <laughs> uh, you know, S- <laughs> Sanya, <simple> I- <laughs> you know, uh, living in uh, <laughs> Mumbai for so long, I can tell you that there'll be some people. Uh, who are not going to share the same emotion maybe the convenience <laughs> yeah definitely oh
1: i completely agree but, uh, even i'm not going to travel by one for a very long time but you know when you don't have something you really value it so much more so the fact that i value local train and bombay speaks how much we are how much we are feeling deprived of the simple things in life
0: and, and, and we are talking about spaces and we're talking, uh, <laughs> talking about a commute in which if you have, there is literally no space. It's a very intimate setting, if I may add, <laughs> with a complete right. bunch of strangers. <laughs> you and it's just... I
1: <laughs> Agree. I'm not going to be seeing them for a very long time, but I will miss them.
0: So, uh, Sanya, thank you for being on the Creators Journal podcast.
1: Thank you so much, and I'm glad that it was such an easy conversation to have with you.
0: Hey there, hope you like this podcast. Click on the follow or subscribe button to join the creator party and especially in times like these, that one click can make our day. Check the show notes for links to our social accounts. Drop in and say hey. Meanwhile, please take care. Peace.